The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. We're not going to watch it today. <laughs> I know some of y'all are so disappointed that uh, we stopped it. I figured my daughter could sing that, and she can. Quote those, I'm going to put you on the spot. Quote that first line until I say stop. Loud enough everybody can hear you. Sing it if you can get it. From the day we arrive on the planet and when we step into the sun, there's more to see that can ever, than can ever be seen or to do than can ever be done. That's good. That's good. That's all I wanted. Y'all hear that? <laughs> uh, from the time we, we step on this earth, there's, there's more to see than we can see and more to be done than, than can ever be done. I've quoted that movie several times uh, in sermons. I don't think it's by no means a, a, uh, a spiritual movie, but there's a, great, there's a lot of great messages there. And, of course, in that, that's the very beginning of the movie, and there's a, a new king born. And uh, and the, the the song is a circle of life. And what I want us to think about uh, when when we say the circle of life, what comes to mind? Uh, for me, it was that song. Uh, and and just to think about life comes and and we talk about the circle of life uh, for us today. And and I want you to begin thinking right now because I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond in just a moment. What are some firsts that you've had in your life, or you've seen, uh, or maybe your grandparents seen uh, and experienced? Just some firsts that you can think back, and uh, maybe uh, maybe it was a telephone. Uh, for some folks here, they, you may have seen that as a first. So I want you to think about that. Do what? Yeah, we're going to talk about that very one in just a minute. So be thinking about that. But, but a lot of times when we think about the circle of life, I think folks today get in a, a pattern of thinking that we live in a circle of life. In other words, my grandparents were born. They uh, grew up wherever they grew up. They went to school forever, how long they went to school. They got married. They had children. Their children grew up, they grew old, they passed away. Their children, our parents, they were born, they went to school wherever, they got married, they had children, they got old, they passed away. We were born, we grew up wherever we grew up, we went to school wherever we went to school. We got married, we had children, we're going to get old, and my kids are going to put me in a nursing home or a assisted living for all the grief I've caused them. You better not do that. Uh, and someday we're going to die. And you can say, well, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says it's appointed once for man to die, and then after that, face judgment. The problem with that is when we begin that type of thinking, we begin to think like we live in a circle of life. In other words, we just we're just a, a going around and around, and that's what life is. It's just a circle that it's just a, it just evolves from one thing to the next. 
in this movie, that's what happens. You know, the, the king dies, the, the, the newborn child there that they're celebrating right there, he grows up and uh, his dad dies and he ends up being the king, you know. And it's just a, it's just a circle. It's just a, an ongoing circle of life. But what I want us to think about, and I'm kind of introducing a, a kind of a series of sermons we're going to do. This morning I want to think about more first to come. But as we think about this, I want, us to, I want us to really begin to realize that we don't live life in a, in a circle. Uh, that's not how life is lived. Life is lived on a linear direction, and that's how we need to live life. The reason, and I'm going to talk about this next week, there's a lot of reasons why we need to live our life with the ideal of we're living life on, on, a, on a linear process. In other words, we're moving forward. There's not going to be just a circle because, you know, have you ever gone to, I think Waco has one of them, if you've ever gone to Branson, Missouri, and you're going downtown, they have one of those circle drives. Have you ever gotten one of those on the road? I think uh, uh, that town out Westford has one too. In other words, you're, you have a circle at some point, and there's three or four roads coming in. And if you're coming in this direction, and you want to go out that direction, you have to get in the circle and you have to start driving around the circle. And you're looking the whole time for ways to get out of that circle. And finally you move to this lane. Then you move to this lane. And then you finally get out of that. Y'all ever been in one of those things? Man, those things can be confusing. And you can get run over real easy. And, and you, just, you just feel like you're going around in a circle. And over and over and over. And I think the problem with that is today, too many people live their life with that ideal of just a circle of life. They're just on a merry-go-round, and they're going around and around and around, and it's the same thing yesterday, it'll be the same thing today, and tomorrow I'm looking at the same thing in the future. And, and oh, there's, there may be some brass rings that you can grab every now and then on the merry-go-round, and that joy lasts for just a few minutes, and then you get stuck on the inside horse that don't do anything. If, if a merry-go-round isn't boring enough, how do you like getting on that inside horse? Y'all know that horse? Everybody runs and gets on the merry-go-round, and you walk around, and there's one horse left, and it doesn't do anything. You just sit there. Isn't that boring? You know, if you get on the outside, at least your horse just goes up and down the whole time, and you feel like you're doing something. But I think people reach that point in their life of, I'm just living in a circle. Sometimes I'm out there on the good horse that gets to go up and down, and sometimes I'm just sitting over here on the other horse that's not doing anything. Or I'm in the carriage that just sits there. And, and when we get to that point, I think we find that life loses meaning. It loses joy because we're just going around in the circle. It's just the same thing day after day after day after day. A friend of mine, I, I worked with him, and he asked me, I told some of y'all this on Sunday nights and Wednesday, he said, would you come preach my mother's funeral? She was from uh, Lancaster, and uh, I didn't know her at all, so I said, sure, I'll go, and he said, well, you know, we don't have anything, uh, I don't, she don't have anybody to do her funeral, and I know you, and I know you're a preacher, and would you come? And I said, okay, I'll do that. Two parts of that story, uh, I started talking to Pat, I wasn't going to use his name, but I did anyway. I started talking to this guy, and he's passed on too. Uh, and I said, well, tell me about your mom, you know. And he said, let me tell you what I think. He said, I think you're born, you live, you die, and that's it. He said, 
that's all that's all you need to know. And uh, I said, well, I think there's more to life than that. Do you believe that? There's more life than that, isn't there? And uh, I can't even repeat what he said about that. He said, I don't want your preaching. I don't want to hear that. I'm not interested. Now, let me tell you the rest of that. Number one, when he died, he, he had changed his thinking. He, he sent message that, uh, tell Jake I was going to preach his funeral. He told me, uh, he told me he'd take my calls for me one week if I'd preach his funeral. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, but he sent word. And he said, "Tell Jake I got it straightened out. I've I've accepted Christ. I, everything is everything's going good." The other part of that, I get to do the funeral, and uh, there's this many people there from her church and her pastors there. <laughs> and I thought to myself, "Why are you not preaching this funeral?" You know, you knew the lady. She was a Sunday school teacher. She was a Christian lady. But anyway, just to think about that thought of uh, you, you're born. You live and you die. Just a circle. Just an unending circle. And if you believe that, then life really loses its purpose, doesn't it? I mean, why live a life that's productive if it's just a a circle? It's just an ongoing circle. So with that, I wanted us to think this morning about Christ, I want us to think about some other examples in Scripture, and I want us to think about living a life with purpose. And as we begin this thought, I want us to think about more first that are to come. It doesn't matter what age you are, there are more firsts for you. There's more things to come. And you're not living this life that's just going to be a circle of life and a mundane thing, but God has some new beginnings for you. He has some firsts for you. And I want us to live our life with that thought of, I'm living life in a linear motion. I'm moving forward. I'm not simply going to come back to the same thing tomorrow, but, but I'm moving forward in my life. I'm moving forward physically in my life. I'm moving forward. Isn't it, aren't you glad, folks, that when you got married, we got a couple that's going to be married next week, and they don't know what it's about, do they? Y'all hear that? They think they know, don't they? You thought you knew, didn't you? I thought I knew. And then all kinds of things happen, and you got people, me and, uh, me and Barry was talking the other day about borrowing money, and I, I went one time, and I, I ca- no, it was Pat, and I cashed a check. Y'all ever get those checks in the mail that said, hey, just cash these checks, and you got it. Don't ever do that, because I did that. Christmas was coming. We was poorer than Job's turkey, you know, and I thought, I'm going to have a good Christmas. I cashed one of those checks, a few months later, I realized I was paying 38% interest. Can you believe that? I had paid on that thing for four months, and I still owed more than I borrowed, you know. And, and here's the sad or funny thing. They called me and said, Mr. Vaughn, you are behind on your payments. And I was, because we didn't have the money. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm, I get paid Friday, whatever. I'll be sending that to you and whatever. They said, okay, we appreciate that. While we've got you on the phone... We'll loan you $2,000 more. Can you believe that? They called to collect the bill and said, hey, by the way, let us loan you some more. Well, that's a terrible decision. Terrible decision. But there are more firsts. And when you get married, you begin to realize there are so many more firsts to come. So many things before you to come. And when we begin to realize that, I think our life changes. And we begin to know that, that hey, I've got a purpose. 
it, it's more to life. And, and I think we tend sometimes, the older we get, to fall back into that circle of saying, well, you know, I'm getting older. Where I was headed with that, aren't you glad now that you have the money to go out and eat? <laughs> or to go on a vacation? Or to help somebody in your family out? Isn't that one of the great things that happens the older you get? I mean, when you're first married and you're young and you've got all these things going and you're new in a job and then years later you begin to build up a little equity in your home, you begin to, to have some bills paid off, you begin to do some things, you're, you're able to do some things you couldn't do in the beginning. That's what I'm talking about of realizing there's more first to come. There's more things to, to look out to and to realize down the road there's some great things coming. No matter what your age is, hey, you're going to get an AARP card one of these days, I got mine this year. Did you get your Teresa? Got that thing, threw it away. Next month, I got another one. Threw it away. The next month, I got another one. Then I read it. I said, hey, it must be something to this, you know. So, so there are some more firsts. The older we get, there are some more firsts. You may get to go to Alaska. That was a first for y'all, wasn't it? Got to go to Alaska on a cruise. I want to do that one of these days. There's more firsts to come. But before we get there, I want us to think about living life on a purpose, and I want us to think about what Christ did. I want to read you a couple of scriptures that we can see Christ came to earth. When Christ came, He knew His purpose, didn't He? He knew He came to go to the cross. He told His disciples that. This is the reason I came. That's what He told them when He was talking about the cross. But while He was on the earth, so He's born, He's a kid, and he ends up in the temple teaching the, the, the priest there. Y'all remember that? What was he doing? He had a purpose in life. He wasn't simply waiting to say, you know, my clock is running, and when I'm 33 years old, I'm going to enter the ministry. He began his life, he began on his purpose of life. He didn't simply sit and wait for something, and it's interesting, I've told y'all a couple of times, I went and read a a, a, a Barna research, and they ask people, what are you doing in life? The vast majority of people said, we are waiting on something. They were waiting on kids to graduate. They were waiting on a time they were going to get married. They were waiting on retirement. They were waiting on this to happen. They were waiting on that to happen. They was waiting on something down the road to happen where they could get into life. Well, you know, while we're waiting on life, life is happening, isn't it? It's happening all around us. And if we live a life waiting on something, we miss our purpose. Jesus Christ said in John 5.30, I do nothing of my own self. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is just because I don't seek my own will, but I seek the will of the Father who sent me. See what Jesus' life was? It was a life of purpose. He said, I'm not here for my own will. I'm here for my Father who sent me. I'm living my life with a purpose. Over in Hebrews 12, chapter 2, Jesus is the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Listen to this. Who for the joy set before Him endured the cross. Did you get that words in there? That doesn't make sense, does it? Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Christ, from the time he was born 
till the time on the cross, he knew there was joy for him in the future. He wasn't simply going, oh goodness, I'm going to wring my hands every day because I know what my future is. I know one day I'm going to die. I know one day they're going to, they're going to bury me in a grave and, and I'm, just, I'm just wringing my hands waiting for that day. The Bible says, for the joy set before him. What was that joy? It was seated at the right hand of God the Father. He knew there was joy before him, so he lived his life <coughs> with that purpose of this. I have joy set before me. Paul, another great example of someone who lived his life on purpose. Ephesians 3, 8 and 11 says, This is the grace which was given to me, who I am less than the least of all the saints, to preach the gospel of the unsearchable riches of Christ among the nations. Paul said, this is my purpose. I've been given the grace to preach the riches of Christ among the nations. I've been given the privilege to bring light to what is the fellowship of the mystery from which eternity has been hidden in God who created all things by Jesus Christ, so that now the rulers and the powers and the heavenlies might know by the church the manifold wisdom of God, listen, according to His eternal purpose, which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, Paul lived his life. He said, I'm not living in a circle of life. I know there's purpose out there. I'm not simply sitting by waiting for what's going to happen. Boy, if anybody could have done that, Paul could have, couldn't he? Boy, he was in prison. He was put in a ship and chained up and said, we're going to send you to Rome and and you're going to stand trial before the Caesar there. And, And Paul could have just said, you know what? I'm chained up. What can I do? I'm sick. What can I do? You got snake bit out on an island. You know, everybody said, oh, you're going to die because you're a sinner. Then he was okay and they said, oh, you must be some kind of some kind of uh, healer of, of yourself. You know, Paul went through all of those things. But his whole life, when he was in prison, he was ministering. When he was on a ship and it was shipwrecked, he was ministering. When he stood before Festus and Pilate and all of the... Uh, not Pilate, uh, y'all help me with the... Who did he stand before? Festus and... Uh, somebody spit it out. Uh, Felix. Agrippa, he was another one. When he stood before those people, he was ministering. He wasn't simply saying, he wasn't simply saying, well, when I get out of this mess I'm in, then I'm going to go back to my ministry. He lived his life according to the eternal purpose which Christ had purposed in him through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I believe if we'll live our life with that thought today, if we'll live our life with a saying, you know what, I, I live in a linear emotion. I, I live life with a purpose. I think we'll have more joy than we can imagine. I hope right now you're thinking, boy, I've never thought about that. There, there are firsts before me. There, there's joy set before me. And I'm not simply having to sit here and, and idle waiting on the next thing to happen, but there's, there's things before me. You may say, well, Jake, you're too, you're too young to realize where we are. And, and that's what I wanted you to, to think about this morning. This is audience participation. What are some firsts that you remember or that you've heard of? Okay, I never thought about that. Blacktop roads, okay? A fax machine, that's a good one. Television, microwaves, 
What? Electricity. <laughs> yeah, running water in your home. Cell phones. Uh, y'all know when I was a kid, we had a well outside. We didn't even have running water in the house. We wouldn't draw water out of a well bucket. And you knocked the June bugs off before you drank it. <laughs> That's true. You remember that, Curtis? <laughs> it, and you didn't let the bucket get to the bottom of the well or what happened? Stirred the mud up. Then your water got muddy, you know. We didn't have a, and y'all can verify this with my dad there, we didn't have a bathtub of running water. We, we bathed in a, 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 a number three. Is that what it was? Was ours a three or a two? <laughs> it was a three. <laughs> Couldn't fit in a two. And in the summer, we went to the pond and bathed. I remember that. Uh, down to the pond, and we'd go out and, and bathe. Aren't you glad? Boy, the first time somebody got electrical lights, we didn't have a light switch in that house, but we just twisted the bulb. Y'all remember that? <laughs> it just hung down there, so you, you twisted the bulb and it come on, and then when it's time to go to bed, you twisted it and it went off. For some people, don't you know they said, wow, we got lights. They'll never top this. Don't you know some people said that? And now look at all that we've got. We've got lights in our cars, LED lights that are really bright. We can come into any room in our house and just flip a switch and have all kinds of different lights. We got laser lights. We got pointers. We got lights that they can set in a parking lot somewhere and shine, and you can see them from miles away. And what does that mean? Free hot dogs. You know, just go to the light. There's free hot dogs there. And Cokes. Uh, somebody said a telephone. Did anybody say telephone? You know, I was talking about uh, when I was a kid, we were talking about this just the other day. You remember the party line? One ring, it's me. Two rings, it's them. How else did it go? I run long and short. <laughs> who, who don't have a clue what I'm talking about? <laughs> Even you, Connie? You're not that young. <laughs> Radios? Sure. Sure. Don't you know when that first automobile come out? Y'all remember that? What was it? Horse? Bifocals? Yeah. I had them in school. <laughs> uh, you know, the horses were the means of transportation and a train come out. And they said what? Nothing to beat a train. So the Pony Express raced to train, right, to see who was faster. Was it John Henry? He could beat the machine to build a railroad track. Y'all remember that? That, was, that train will never work. You know, uh, horses are faster than trains. Then trains got to going in automobiles, and now, oh, trains are faster than automobiles. There will be nothing greater than that. And now we have airplanes, and if we want to get a message from here to New York, we don't have to mail it, do we? We can just get on the computer and send it and hit enter, and it's there like that. See, people come to a point in their life of saying, nothing will ever happen greater than this. And all the things that we've talked about this morning, I promise you there's probably people during their lifetime that said, boy, they'll never top 
a telephone. I never did finish my story. Y'all ever eavesdrop on a party line? <laughs> we'd eavesdrop on my neighbor, my grandma's neighbor, and, and we'd be listening. I'm sure we'd be giggling and laughing, and she'd say, you kids better get off that phone. <laughs> Boy, we'd hang it up. How'd you know we was on the phone? You know, we'd pick up their conversation, just listening, and, you know, we're just getting prayer requests. That's all we were doing. And, uh, but, but don't you know when those phones first come out that, that, that people said, this is the greatest thing? You know, this is, nothing will ever top this. Now we've got cell phones. We can drive, y'all, y'all remember the first car phones? In a bag, big old phones in a car? First cell phones you carried were about that thick and about that long and had an antenna on top of them, you know, and that was it. Boy, if you had one of them, you were something else. Then they got to about the size like this you could put in your pocket, and now they're back to a pretty big phone, you know, but look at all you can do with them. If you want to look something up this morning during the message, all you got to do is whip your phone out and go to Google and say, what are some firsts? And you get a list just like that. Don't you know when those come out, somebody said, this will never be topped. But as far as electronics go, we know that there's other things to come, don't we? So in our life, spiritually, we need to understand there's more first before us. Nothing is so great. I was just thinking about some of the, some of the things that we, somebody mentioned space exploration. Don't you know that, that back when the, the first people landed on the moon, they went to outer space, somebody said, that'll never be topped. Come gather around the TV, kids, or gather around the radio, because you've got to hear this. This is history. It'll never be topped. Now we've got people living in space, living in a space station. They can fly out there, hook up take supplies, visit with them, float around, check the machine out, and fly back. Boy, that'll never be top. Maybe you think about great football plays, the greatest catch in history. And this year you'll watch TV and somebody will say, that is the greatest catch ever. That'll never be top. Or maybe it's a basketball, Michael Jordan. I think he's the greatest player to ever play. Do you all agree with that? Well, now they're talking about who? LeBron James. He's better than Michael Jordan. That's what they're saying. They showed a stat the other night. I was watching the the NBA playoffs, and and he's third from the top. He's he's had more 30-game playoff games, and and he passed a record, and they they said he's getting close to Jordan. Well, Jordan's got like 109, and he's got like 40, so he's got a long way to go to catch up with my man Mike. But, But... Someday, somebody's going to say, Michael Jordan, man, this guy's the greatest basketball player that's ever played. He'll never be topped. Nolan Ryan, man, the all-time leading strikeout uh, king that has more no-hitters. No, boy, Nolan Ryan, he's, he's the greatest player. I went and watched him play in Arlington Stadium, and, and I've told my boys, I said, that's Nolan Ryan. I went and watched him play. He's the greatest pitcher of all time. Turn on the radio now or turn on the television, they'll find a picture and I'll say, he is as great as Nolan Ryan ever was. See, there's, there's new first. There's things before us that always is there and that's always to come. And I want us to realize in our life, in our spiritual life, there's more first to come. And I want you to get out of that thought of I'm living in a, a circle of life. I'm living in a pattern and and I'm on hold, and I'm waiting for the next event in my life where I can start living and, 
and I'm waiting on this to happen where I can begin my ministry, and when these things fall into line, then I'm going to start doing this, and, and now I'm too old to do this. I've already give, served my time. I've already done that in the past. Let somebody else do it. Get out of that circle of life. Get out of that, that slender motion and say, I'm going to begin to li- live my life with a purpose on a line. John 10.10 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. Christ says this, But I have come that you might have life and that it might be more abundant. Now think about this. Christ came, folks, that we would have life, not the circle of life, not a mundane life, but that we would have life and it would be a more abundant life. Listen to the message. A thief is there, and of course Satan is a thief. He comes to steal that joy. A thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that you can have real, eternal life, more and better life than you've ever dreamed of. That's the message. That's a newer translation. Listen to that. Christ has come that we would have real, eternal life, more and a better life than we've ever dreamed of. What I want you to do this morning, and we're going to come to a time of close, I want you to think about a purpose of life. And I want you to think about how are you living your life today? Are you living simply waiting on the next event? Or are you waiting to get to living? You know, let's don't wait on some event in life to start living. Let's, let's live life while life is all the way around us. And let's live life with the joy set before us. And realize this, Christ has came that we would have real, eternal life, more and better life than we've ever dreamed of. I want to ask you to bow your heads, and I just want you to give that some thought this morning. We're going to continue on in the next couple of weeks about living life on purpose. Not just, not just going through the motions, and not just waiting on this event or that event, but really living life on a purpose. You know, Christ lived his life on a purpose, and he knew when he died, his purpose would go on. He left a legacy. I can think of so many people in this church even that's passed away, and they've left a legacy for us. They've left an example of a good life. They, they invested their time and their talents and their resources in the building this building we're in. They invested their time, their resources, their talents in raising up Christian families that are still a part of this church. I can think of so many people from my childhood that, that brought me up, Miss Cashin and Miss Turner and uh, Miss Patsy and so many that, that taught me and trained me up. And some of those people have gone on to be with the Lord, but you know what? They've left a legacy because they lived life with a purpose. So this morning, would you think about and would you find joy in this fact of, you know, I'm not living in a circle, but God has a plan for me. I'm living life on the go. I'm living the linear life. And there's more first for me down the road.
Nothing will ever top this. Nothing will ever top that. But there's more first to come. Father, I pray this morning, as we just consider our purpose, as we consider the great things of life that we've experienced, the things that we've seen, Father, I pray that we would know and we would realize there are more first to come. There's more joy laid before us. There may be heartaches to come, no doubt. But Father, I thank you for your grace that's sufficient enough to carry us and to help us through. Father, I pray that we would think about it, we would live our life knowing that when we go from this place, we've left a legacy and, and we simply don't find ourselves buried six foot under. But we each take a breath from this life and we move right on in to life eternal. We move into the presence of our Lord and Savior. And Father, that we would know even in that next life, there's purpose. We're not simply going to float around on a cloud, but there's purpose in life. You have a job for us. You have a purpose for us. This side of heaven, the other side of death. And I pray that we would focus in, that we would live a life filled with joy, Whatever before us, we would endure knowing that there's joy yet ahead for each of us here. Father, I pray this morning again, your spirit would lead us, guide us, open our minds, direct us to your truth, to your word. And Father, today we would respond to you however you would lead us. And I pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen.